Happy Memorial Day and welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who combined had one fewer hit today than the Philadelphia Phillies. What's up, <laughs> Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, Dave. Happy Memorial Day. Um, yeah, today was bad. Well, I mean, the baseball was bad. Went to a barbecue. That was awesome. And the weather was also bad. But other than that, I'm doing great. This is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And this is Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And I was thinking as I was watching the game today, do you remember, Dave, when we used to go to a lot of more Phillies games live than we do now? We used to always root for the the dream or fear the nightmare. Um, uh, the dream yeah, yeah. being, of course, uh, seeing a no-hitter live, or even better, a perfect game. Uh, the nightmare right. be being witness to your team being uh, shut out. So I feel like now we can put this out since we have a forum into the universe that maybe it'll catch on that everybody should, when they go and see a live baseball game, should, that's how they should approach uh, at least the first five innings. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was weird. It was a weird game today. I actually chose today to teach my son how to keep score uh, <laughs> of a game. That That is some bad timing. Well, I mean, he was active at least for, for the Brewers. Yeah, it was a pretty clean sheet on the Phil side. It was very simple. <laughs> Other than trying to keep track of all the pitchers, we ran out of room in the – on the card for for additional they pitchers, never but... give you enough room for pitchers no, ever especially not in the in the gabe kapler era and we're actually using a it's designed for little league so it's got a ton of extra uh players uh spaces on there for you uh we still we still ran out of space do you have but... enough innings do they give you enough innings well they give you nine but then in the back of the book they give you these cards uh that give you like five extra innings you can tape on to it if you need them which oh, is kind of cool i just know in little league most little leagues i think only play six right it's set up for nine okay well that's good yeah uh chuck why was the weather bad today what was wrong with the weather too hot yes yes too hot we we're entering into my season of hell <laughs> <laughs> okay all right where unless i am actively by water um okay that's i fair. am just uncomfortable from you know, late May to late September, and then we get back to the good part of the year, where yeah. it's two uncomfortable, weeks of, like good weather. Yes. <laughs> okay. Before it gets too cold. No, no. You have to pick a side. This should be my penalty <laughs> box. I'll start early. You can be upset in the summer, or you can be upset in the winter. You can't be upset in both. You can't only be happy. Cold? You can't only be happy the, the first two weeks of October. Yeah. Right. No, like, you can't go, oh, well, I like the spring and the fall. Everybody likes the spring and the fall. And you pick a team, winter or summer, and then you can complain freely during the other one. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, hashtag team, team summer. Hashtag team winter. Team winter. All right. Uh, first off, I want to start off today by, uh, by thanking Dr. Phil Laporta, um, if you haven't seen it, check out our uh, Facebook page. We actually had a uh, physicist break down Bryce Harper's home run last week to determine if it could kill you if it hit you in the head. Yeah, will it kill? That should have been what Phil titled the thing, will it kill? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> by Phil. Will it uh, kill by Phil? And we got a definitive maybe. Yeah. Which it is always a, the answer you're looking for. It was a very solid possibly. 
yeah but uh it was very entertaining video check it out um pretty cool and you know again objects may leave the field of play so no matter where you're at head on a swivel right even when mrs fan sends you for some crab fries yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into it let's talk about the phillies Uh, despite what happened today it was a great road trip oh yeah yeah i i mean I've seen some people lamenting today's loss, and I mean, it wasn't a good one. It was a bad loss, but we won the series. We split against the Cubs. We could have taken three against oh. them. See, I didn't want to jump to that right away. Yeah, right, right, well, Two of the Cubs killed me. Um, but no, it was a good road trip. A split against uh, a really good team in the Cubs, and a win against a good team like the Brewers. Uh, a lot to be happy about. Um, again, I really I love our lineup, and I like our pitching staff. But it's we have like a new hero every night. Um, you know, when batting, and it's it was a really good week. You know, seven games uh, since we last spoke, we won uh, four of them. You know, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, but you got to look at the caliber of the opposition. I mean, yeah, if we're, if we're oh, playing yeah. seven games against whatever the Marlins and the Tigers or whatever that you know, a four you may not be happy with. But uh, when you're playing playoff caliber teams, like this could be uh, th- three teams that are in the postseason. I mean, this is going to be a wild postseason if if all these teams are in. And uh, you know, Phil's definitely held their own on the road, so that's really promising. Yeah, I, I think I would have been happy had we just taken, you know, maybe three of these games. You know, as long as we kind of held held our own. It, it was it was an odd feeling going into this road trip. We were due to get our heads kicked in on the road. Like, if you think back to the Phillies teams of past, this time of year being on the road, it, usually we're, we're on some sort of a West Coast swing, it seems, right as you kick into June. Uh, I guess the schedule makers have kind of switch things up on us uh did you notice we didn't have our usual new york trip to for fleet week uh i feel like that was a total missing thing that was tradition for years that we would be in new york playing the mets for fleet week uh dave and i actually went up there we went to one of those games i think two years in a row we were up for in may for for fleet week so i don't know the schedule makers must be up to up to something uh so going on a road trip late may uh, a lot of years when when the Phillies were, were particularly garbage have always been like one of those things that kind of puts you out of uh, contention early early in a year. You go out on a road trip and you lose like seven of eight and and you just you know bring come home with your tails between your legs. Uh, so you know this is one of those trips that I think what may be forgotten hopefully uh, as we go on through the summer. This was an important trip to hold serve. We went into the trip leading the division, we're going to come out of the trip leading the division. Uh, the Braves are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, they showed a stat today that we're like the 10 winningest teams, and the Braves and Phillies are both on that list. Um, so being able to maintain uh, our slight margin ahead of, of them in the in the in the division has been really important as you keep getting deeper and deeper into who, the season. Who have they been playing this week that they've been 
lighting it up again. So they, they, they play, they're playing St. Louis. They're playing St. Louis, right? playing St. Louis now, uh, and I think they played the Nationals coming into this hmm, series. Okay. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Did, did we escape Gene referencing St. Louis and not saying baseball heaven? I, I had, <laughs> I had well, that I, t-shirt on all well, they were They were in uh, Atlanta, right? Uh, I believe they were in Atlanta, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. All right, I take it back. They, they weren't I, actually in baseball heaven. Yeah, um, I just didn't well, want your perfect record to be uh, to be besmirched. Well, thank you, Chuck. I'm glad that you brought. Well, let that me up. drop this. Uh, let me drop this Corey Seidman tweet on you uh, from yesterday. Uh, Phillies improved to 12 and seven on the season against teams uh, 500 or above. I guess that's uh, 12 and eight now, uh, and they've won eight of their last 11 road games. I guess that's eight of their last 12 road games now, uh, and they've guaranteed guaranteed themselves a winning uh, trip through Chicago and Milwaukee. So, I mean, dude, that's that's good, right? I mean, hey, you're you're not just hanging against teams over 500. You're actually winning a good a good margin. Yeah, no, that's good. And we've played a lot of those teams on the road, so um, that's important. What surprises it, me is, you know, we all thought that that number should be higher, in my opinion. I think the Nationals just fell below 500, or reached. Oh, just, okay. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. and we have a lot of wins against the Nationals. Um, so, you know, that th- those numbers are kind of oddly skewed because of, of where we are in the season. And listen to this stat. The Phillies are 12 and 11 in the 23 games. Well, I guess that's 12 and 12 now in the 23 games that Bryce Harper has been held hitless. Oh, so it's 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 not uh, it, we're not totally dependent on one guy, which is important. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something if you're a Phillies fan, you probably already know that. But I think the eye test checks out on that, you know, that that we're not a one-man army, thankfully. Word. And, uh, like, you know, you just pointed that out. Uh, You know, this week's heroes have been uh, McCutcheon and Hernandez. And JT Romuto had a good game in Chicago. You know, I was just thinking of uh, Romuto. I think he's had a a really nice last two weeks, I want to say. You know, just, you know, with very timely hitting. You know, and... Um, McCutcheon, man, ah, like uh, every time he does well, I'm so excited. You know, he was a player I loved before, before coming to Philly and I had my expectations so low given his age going like, well, I can't expect him to be the player he was, but God damn, man, he is a great leadoff hitter. And when the, we, you know, flip the order, you know, when he's, you know, coming up, you know, after the night, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> order flips over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he is really effective to keep these rallies going. Yeah. I noticed that our, uh, our Twitter account has been swooning over Andrew McCutcheon of late. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, conversely though, we need to have a serious talk about Vince Velasquez and Odubel Herrera. Yeah. yeah. So the Vince Vince Velasquez uh, has been excommunicated from the Church of Dave. We'll bring that one back. <laughs> I am done with the Vince Velasquez experiment. To me, he has no value uh, to this team whatsoever. I am willing to relegate him to the Iron Pigs until a team is foolish enough to uh, take him off of our hands as a throw in on some sort of additional trade. It's just, it's just not working. It's not happening. Uh, I'm not into it. I'm done with Vince Velasquez.
I feel like Kapler's, uh, what, what, he, what he was hoping was that he was going to become some sort of a weapon out of the bullpen. And I think uh, his first go, you know, pr- you know, he went and I think he threw two innings the other night and was, uh, was pretty effective. The problem is I feel like this is one of those guys that's head is not built maybe for the bullpen. And I wanted to believe when I, you know, and maybe it was fool's gold when I saw that first outing that, like, finally, I've been kind of saying, you know, for a while that this guy's stuff kind of dictates what you would want for a, a bullpen guy because he can come out. He throws a lot of pitches, but he throws the ball hard. So if he throws 25 or 30 pitches in an outing, it's fine because you have no intention of him trying to get you to the sixth inning. Uh, so you don't really care how many pitches he throws if he's also getting people out. Uh, the problem was this is what you also have with Vince Velasquez. When when he is not good, when he is not hitting his spots, he gets absolutely shelled. And he just has this thing like this psychological problem where it just you can just kind of see as things go off the rails. He's so athletic that you would think that he would he'd be able to kind of if he could bear down mentally that he would be able to kind of get himself out of these jams. But when he starts to, to throw uh, bad pitches or he's missing his location, he just gets shelled. And it feel, it seems to me, especially when he was coming up bad starts, it, it seemed like it would take weeks for him to kind of figure out how to get himself back together. You can't afford with a guy that may be pitching again tomorrow to be completely out of his own head. And, and even with that first game when he came back, the, a lot of the reporters were saying at the beginning of the game, how upset Velasquez was that he was, wasn't was going to start on Tuesday. Um, that was not bad news to me, by the way. Um, so he went out to the bullpen, came in, had a good outing, and then all of a sudden his his, his tune had kind of changed after he had he looked no, impressed no, by the bullpen. No, no, no. Wait, you didn't hear this story? Maybe not. He He was talking to reporters, and he was saying how he doesn't want to go in the bullpen. He's disappointed in the decision. Um I don't know, all this stuff. And then he meets with Kapler and then he actually goes back out and finds the reporters and says, I want to clarify, you know, my previous statements. I just had a conversation with Gabe. I'm totally cool with it. What do you think Gabe could have possibly said? Like, do you think that he he just took out the the jar of coconut oil and and unscrewed the cap? (laughs) (laughs) And was like, I think it's time that you get comfortable with the bullpen. I have no comment. Uh, I don't know, but it's – gosh, I'm just so frustrated with this whole thing because I feel like we've been strung along for, I don't know, four years now? Has it been that long? Probably around that. Yeah, I think it has been that long. It's over. He needs to be stashed before he gets further exposed um, and just just put put him away. Iron Pigs. I love the Lehigh Valley. Beautiful this time of year. Has Velasquez ever been more than just a lot of potential? You know, I'm thinking now it's like, oh, he's so good. I'm like, well, was he really? You know, he had good elements. One one game he struck out like 20 dudes, and we're still hanging on to that (laughs) four years later. Am I making that up? No, he he had one game where he – and I think he pitched into the eighth inning in that game. I'm done with it. But I still think he threw 200 pitches or something crazy. And he has those, like, you know, the tremendously athletic plays that you'd mentioned, you know, about his athleticism. He makes these, like, defensive plays, like, one a year where it's just like, wow, that's unbelievable. 
you know, last oh, year was last the one the left-handed throw. Yeah. And yeah. then I, I know the year before, at least he had one as well as can't place it now, but okay. That's great. Like, but it's not good enough. Maybe, maybe that's his thing. Maybe it's not his head. Maybe it's just, sorry, dude, you're not good enough. You know? And I'm so happy to send him to the Lehigh Valley. Um, and hope that, you know, hope that when Pavetta comes up, he's improved from playing in the Lehigh Valley because Neris certainly was. So maybe, maybe they can salvage, you know, Vince as well. But well, the, the I'm, good news... I'm ready to scrap him as well. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Vince Velasquez strikes out 16 in a three-hit shutout, April 14th, 2016. Mm. And uh, we haven't seen anything like that since. No, nothing anywhere near that. I guess he pitched a complete game. I don't know, but that's that's the that's the start that we've. It was against the Padres, and that that's that's it. That's that's the Vince Velasquez legacy in Philadelphia. Well, I, the only thing is, we're, right now we're we're kind of in a in a place where we're a little bit uh, hurting in our in our bullpen. We we just sent Nishak back to Philadelphia with. Uh, inflammation in the rotator tater cuff. They think he's going to be back this year, but it's going to be a while. Um, Robertson, who we spent all this money on, who I have yet to see pitch a decent game for this team, he's on the 60-day, what do we call it now, the uh, IL? IL, IL, yeah. Um, so what do we do? I mean, like, do you need to have a guy like Vince just eat innings? Like, do you, do you bring him? Is he is he now mop-up duty guy? Well, here's what, here's what you don't do. A week... A week after I uh, I gave Gabe Kapler an A uh, for his managerial skills, you don't give your four best relief pitchers the night off at the same time. Yeah. This is like a Brett Brown level rotation problem. How about you spread? How about you're not available today? You're not available tomorrow. You're not available Wednesday. Why don't we do that? Why is it all going to be the same night? Yeah, it cost us a win. I I mean, maybe it didn't cost us a win, but it certainly didn't help. You know, that was that was the game two of the Cubs series, right? Yeah, Where it that just cost us the game. Yeah. Well, and can we all agree that Sir Anthony Dominguez doesn't pitch more than one inning? Can we all agree with that now? Yeah. I think that can there's... we all agree that just Hector Neris is the closer. Yeah, Hector yeah. Neris is the closer. It's it's very obvious at this point. He should just be pitching in those sorts of situations. There's a reason why that role exists. That's a re- there's a reason why people get paid the money they do to do that role. Yeah. And why the hell did we pull Nola after five innings? Like, why the hell did that happen? Like, I cannot wrap my head around it. You know, early season pitch count? Like, no, you need to save the pen right now. So, if you know, like, he was battling. I get it. He wasn't having like the greatest start, but he had a good lead. Yeah. See how far he can take you. I, and I think unless somebody is really coughing up the game, yeah, he's battling, but for his confidence, for his game, you want to give him some time there. And for me, it's the sixth inning. That was always my cutoff. You know, you want your starter to get you six. And seven, eight, and nine, or get you, you know, part, you know, 5.1 innings, you know, five and a third, you know, something like that. But 
I'll tell you what, though. If there's a playoff series between Kapler and Madden, uh, it's going to be like uh, it's going to be like watching Tony LaRusa play chess against himself or yeah. something. Because <laughs> those games are going to be seven hours long with all the pitching changes. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of pitching changes, do we want to talk about uh, Nishak and you know? getting him warmed up in the pen and then Gabe calls him and he says, well, I'm not ready to go just yet. That sort of thing. It was like Glenn Macnow's hill to die on this week. <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, Nishak's soft and yada, yada, yada. Did Nishak get on the phone and be like, nah, man, I'm good. Like sending this other dude. Uh, apparently so. I, I don't, I'm just taking it from that, that Twitter of he, and I think it came up. Um, with the report that he's on, going to the IL. Um, but, like, he wasn't happy with the amount of time Gabe had him warming up and wanted him to come in. And this was portrayed as, like, diva mentality. But, I don't know, for think, a veteran pitcher. I would think you would, you would have an understanding where the, the pitching staff, like, the, the coaching staff of the of the pitchers would have an understanding of how long each pitcher needs to warm up because yeah. I mean, whatever you're going to get, uh, I don't know how many tosses you get before the inning starts. I think like it's eight, eight to 10. I think it's eight. It's eight. So, I mean, I that gets factored into it too. Um, I, I don't know, but he's but hurt I mean, I, anyway. I, so haven't, I, I haven't heard that ever before. You know, you know, and all the year I've watched years I've been watching baseball. I don't remember ever hearing like, Oh, I warmed up too much. Like, the only time I've ever heard anything like that was, um, do you remember that year? I I can't remember if it was Brad Lidge or or Billy Wagner. It was it was. I feel like it was a. Oh, this a, sounds like a Wagner thing a, already. A, <laughs> a, I feel like it was a Phillies pitcher in the All Star game that got warmed up, uh, you know, to close an All Star game, and then when they came back, like the following week, they were never quite the same. Like they had gotten worn out from warming up from an All Star game. Does that ring a bell for anybody? I, I feel like that is Wagner. Uh, was it a thing with him where he warmed up like the night before but didn't pitch and then couldn't pitch the next day? Yeah, warmed yeah up. I feel like that was also a Wagner thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I've never heard of a pitcher rejecting it before, but how many times you watch a game, it's like you see somebody getting shelled and like they still don't have somebody in the pen, you know, knowing that it takes time to get a pitcher warmed up and ready to go. You know, it's and is that always the manager's call as to when to get a guy up, or do they like lay that out beforehand? Like, hey, if we get into th this situation or this situation, this is where we're going. Maybe get somebody up loose, and then I'll call when I once you know. I, I have I think... absolutely no idea how any of that works. It seems like that you know, we, at this point in, in our lives as baseball fans, we should know you know the process of how a, a pitcher gets warmed up. Or is it a bigger issue that uh, we have players telling the manager what, like, no, I'm not doing that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge issue if that's really what's happening. But it's one of those things where was he physically like, no, I feel like I got something going on. I have got pain. Um, I we'll can't never go. know. I mean, that's yeah. the problem, you know. I mean, if he's got inflammation of the rotator cuff, like, that could be one of those things that's like, I, I just don't feel right. Like, I just can't get loose. You know, you should probably go with somebody else. I can't get the ball over. I feel like that's a very different situation than being like, nah, I don't feel like it. Yeah, so I, I, it's hard to come down too hard on him where it's just sort of 
hearsay and we don't really know all the details about it but and i feel like that's the difference between like when you've got these these guys that you pull up from lehigh valley that are just eager to make their name you know the, one of the things you may run into is you've got that 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 burst of adrenaline where they they have no control when they come out of the bullpen they're just they're way too amped up and and they can't find the strike zone so then you go and you you spend money on these veterans and the problem is now these veteran guys have been doing it for so long you know they're they they don't want to tax themselves unnecessarily and i get that but then you that this is kind of when you build an old bullpen you run into that problem when you get a young bullpen you have nobody can find a strike zone gene gene john dale hammer does not need to make his name (laughs) that name has already been made that guy has a t-shirt just walking around in life he's just man Uh, we need him to be great we do need him to be great, and he had a good outing today, especially considering the part of the order that he faced. It was probably the yeah. only highlight of the day, other than Pratt's. Uh, it's not Pratt. Was it who? Uh, who is our backup Nap. catcher? Nap. Nap. Him Pratt. Chris, I mean, they're Chris pretty Pratt much the, they pretty Welcome much are the same guy. Dude. Have you ever have you ever seen the two of them in the same room together? Uh, <laughs> but wait, uh, are we talking about Hap? <laughs> no, he plays in New York. That I, I know. <laughs> I was going with Pratt, and, and never mind. So, you know, that was the only other highlight of the game other than the home run was... Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Without that home run, it would have been a perfect game. Yeah. Yeah, and it continued on after that. So, I mean, would you rather have seen a perfect game today? Nope. No. <laughs> No, I never want to see a perfect game thrown against me. Like, right, that I, starter didn't even finish the game, so. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is he he probably would have, you know, those sorts of things are so weird. I, I very, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't, con- I used to, like, around the fifth inning, be like, ooh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's not. Um, <laughs> Except when it does. It's a rare occasion, and it was only, in my life, it feels like it's only when Roy Halladay was pitching. Um, well, or Tommy Green. I mean, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that that was the thing was t- today after that home run, I was basically, all right, well, I'm going to go on with my day. Like there's literally nothing here for me. And then J.D. came out and I was like, oh, just when I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> so I had to sit and watch that, watch that. And then at that point, I think it was going into the eighth inning. I was like, well, I'm, I'm here now. I might as well just finish. Yeah. Here's the thing about J.D. Hammer, who they just brought up from. What did he pitch, like one inning in, in AAA? Yeah, he was yeah. literally there he for was, a cup of coffee. He was carving them up in AA. He, he, this is the thing when we bring up a bring up a pitcher. The same thing happened with Cole Irvin. Um, the unknown element of these guys is very intriguing to us. So we all hope that they're going to be the next big thing. And, you know, Cole Irvin had this great start. Um, against who did who did who did he make his first start? He against? started at home against. No, no, it was the Royals. They, it was the Royals. They, it was it was the Royals City. And he pitched really well. Uh, and then he got shellacked against the against. Well, no, the he had Cubs. two good starts. He had two good starts. It was his third start that he got shellacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these guys start to come back to earth a little bit. So you know, I'm not. I don't think JD Hammer. I, you know, he's being touted as this fireballer. Uh, great fastball. I mean, he's throwing 95. 
Yeah. Like, I that's th- fast. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's pretty typical. But I feel like major. you don't get into the major leagues without something. Yeah, you know, especially you're, if you're a righty. Right. If you're coming into the major leagues and you're coming in as a reliever, like this guy is not a, a starter. Um, and, and I don't think ever has been. I think he was relieving in the minors. So he, he you know, he's that's his thing is his fastball. Uh, so it, but what I've all also learned over the years is if you throw the ball 105, but it is dead straight, major league hitters are going to crush it. It's it's just going to go out faster. Um, so the thing I did appreciate with with him is it does seem like he's got some life on what he's throwing. It does seem like it does move a little and is a little bit. Uh, it's it's not just a straight. It's not just straight heat. Yeah, and I think a lot of this hype is that we just want him to be good for the name, for the look, you know, with the the wild thing glasses straight out of Major League. I mean, the Daily News headline writer, you know, probably one of the two or three people still employed there, you know, Hammer is just such a great name. You know, great performance, lays the hammer down. Bad performance. He got hammered. You know, it's it writes itself, man. So I, I think the the kid's intriguing, and it would just be fun if he was good and helpful, but fun mostly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he he's got the he's got the Ricky Wild thing Vaughn going on. He kind of I was kind of thinking of Vance Worley. Oh yeah, yeah. When I saw the glasses, because yeah. I think I wanted Vance Worley to also be Ricky Wild thing on. <laughs> right. Now, Worley was a starter for a while, right? Like, he came in as a starter. He wasn't – I don't – I think he eventually – they tried to keep – make him a bullpen guy. Did, but did, we, did he have, like, a nickname like the Animal or something? Like Vance, Something like that. The Animal World. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I might have made that up. We shipped him off to the Twins. Yeah, and then never heard from him again. Another, it's just, all these people. We want them to be good. We want everyone to be good. It's like Markel Fultz. We want them to be good. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. Speaking of Markel Fultz, what the hell was that tweet that he just put up a date about? Like, does any, did any ever have that uh, that mystery uh, revealed? No. What? He put up just a date, like in May. It was like is that the date he's going to be healthy? Like May 29th <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> Let me see if I can find his feed. Strangely enough, I'm not following Markel tw- Markel's Twitter feed. You unfollowed that one, huh? I don't think I was ever on it. Like, has he moved away from basketball into like end of the world predictions? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like, he might be good at that. I, well, got... I guess you really only get one shot at being good at that. Who's quicker with Google than I am? <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to his Twitter because yeah, that, so I have that's his where tweets. You... All, he always tweets stuff like you can't trust no one. Uh, five, it's five thirty nineteen, and then the and then the high fiving hands. They're high fiving hands. They're praying hands. Okay. Well, we don't know what he was, what context he was using it in. Maybe he's high fiving. What does that mean? Does anybody know? When did the I, NBA finals start? I like the reply that says, "I too am excited for Rocket Man." <laughs> 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 it does look good it does look good yeah um all right so how do we all right so how do we fix the first place phillies um there's a lot <laughs> of talk about uh improving the starting rotation so 
there's a evidently a very deep uh, trade market for starting pitchers, and there's a lot of talk about Granky, a lot of talk about Bumgarner, and a lot of talk about Mike Miner. Um, Bumgarner does guys you love to see in red pinstripes. Bumgarner does nothing for me. Like I don't want that guy. I feel like he's absolutely. On the downs, I feel like he's totally wiped. Granky, on the other hand, that's a name that intrigues me. I feel like he had uh, kind of one bad outing this year, but otherwise has been pretty lights out. And he's a guy that goes deep into games, so throw, gets a lot of strikeouts. That's a name that's interesting to me. And Mike Miner, I don't know. It's, he's a former Braves guy, I thought. Yeah, um, he was like a hot shot coming up through the Braves system. But yeah, I, who's I don't, with now, the Royals? He's in the American League, but that's about all I know. Royal sounds. He's, right. he's younger than those other two, though. Yeah, so there might be some upside on that guy, but uh, I feel like with as much hype as he came up to the Brave system, that the fact that he's not still with them that that gives me pause. My of those three names, I would I like the idea of Granky. I don't know what it would cost to to get Granky. I don't know what we've got to to trade. Would they take a Odubel Herrera? Are they interested in that? In and a, Vince Velasquez? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll drive them there. Uh, okay. Um, so Philly's, uh, upcoming schedule this week, we have the Cardinals at home and then we're on the road against the Dodgers. Do we have so, four games uh, against the Cardinals or is it just a quick little three game? Uh, it's a standard three game. We actually have off tomorrow. So oh, no, good. no Memorial day baseball from the Phillies. That's actually kind of a bummer for me. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. Me uh, too. Especially uh, after 17 straight nights and days of, of Phillies baseball. God, yeah. 17 straight. I knew it was a damn long time, but I missed the dulcet tones of Tom McCarthy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals series, that should be good at home. And the Dodgers, here's another here's another measuring stick uh, series. So if we're going out to L.A., what do we have following the Dodgers? Are we going to go see Manny Machado? Oh, geez. You don't want to load up our listeners with too much information here. But yeah, then we then we play the Padres. Hey, uh, Next did, Monday. did you hear about that guy, Manny, and what he did today? I think it was today. No, what did he do? He uh, lollygagged himself to third, first base. He hit a, uh, a a ground ball. I think it was too short and um, was lollygagging to first base. The shortstop bobbled the ball, and Manny was then like, oh, maybe I should start running, and was called out because he was nowhere near getting – Getting the first base. Well, whatever. I mean, had Chuck, he hustled, your... had he hustled, he would have made it. Well, whatever, Chuck. Your boyfriend Andrew McCutcheon did that on the first play of the game today. <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I was listening to the first three innings, but no, I didn't see him lollygag. Well, the yeah, he lollygagged it, and then the uh, the second baseman bobbled the ball. Then he turned on the Jets, and it was a close play at first. Well, he's earned it. Okay. <laughs> now, I mean, okay. I've seen, I've seen. He should be benched tomorrow, don't you think? <laughs> yes, whole team benching. Um, <laughs> Bench but... them all. <laughs> well, I have seen today's game described as a, a real, you know, lackluster effort from the Phils. And is today yeah. a getaway game, or is that only when you're at home? I think that's only when you're at home. Okay, but. It has that feeling, you know, yeah. this marathon stretch of games and you killed it this last week. You already won the series, you know, yeah, and I feel like they had have been kind of like on that mental edge for, you know, a week now. We, even in a playoff series, you have days off between games. Yeah. Um, 
right now, you know, and I feel like there there's was and not to make excuses, but I can kind of see how you may come out and just not be as sharp as you you normally are. And you, you know what I have a hard time doing? I have a hard time being like, you know what? Fuck the Brewers. <laughs> Why? I do, don't know. Do, do you I, like I don't... them? It's I you are a fan of their logo and you just can't get past that. That's what it is. <laughs> that's that's true, but I can say that about almost every every team. The Brewers are one of those teams where I'm like, meh, kind of like the Brewers. I, I think it's because of my youth. They were American League, so I find them as non-threatening. Uh, and that's just carried over. I'm not sure. Maybe it's, it's a, maybe it's the good people of Wisconsin that I am. Uh, did you did you have a, a particular affection for Robin Yount, perhaps? No. I mean, and they're—I mean—they're named after beer, which is always—that's an appealing thing. No, I don't know. <laughs> I hate Ryan Braun. That's—that's that's the thing that's easy for me to not like about the him. Hebrew Hammer. I do not. I thought that was no, no more Garcia Para. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even. <laughs> what? <laughs> What, no. because he's a roid uh, he's a roider <laughs> no no there was a guy uh, what was that what was that guy who played for the dodgers that uh that was called the hebrew hammer is that just a nickname that gets passed along to the best jewish person in baseball like whoever like it's like the 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 uh the, the wwe heavyweight title like you know whoever <laughs> i don't know let's see let's do a quick google search to see if we can get it, uh, all the uh all the hebrew hammers in baseball yeah well, I think right, your right. number one search result is going to be the Hanukkah film starring, <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Adam Sandler. Not Adam Sandler. No. Um, Are you talking about the movie? Yes, yeah, like Adam. It's Adam, Adam Goldberg. Adam yeah. Goldberg. Yes, and because that was my uh, the first. <laughs> <laughs> prominently featuring Andy Dick as an evil Santa Claus, I think. Well, that's typecasting for you. Yes, it really is. Uh, Henry Benjamin Greenberg, uh, nicknamed Hammer and Hank. Hammer and Hank Greenberg. Hankus, that's, a, that's a Boston Hankus Red Pankus, Sox. Right. or the Hebrew Hammer. Right, Hankus Pankus, sure. Hank Greenberg. Yeah, but uh, Ryan Braun also comes up here. Okay, uh, all right. So is he is, Green... he's the current title holder of, of, of Hebrew Hammer. I really do love this idea, Gene. Like, it can be challenged for it like any... <laughs> Any uh, any home run hitting competition, like at the All Star game, like if you have a note from your rabbi, <laughs> like, like you can challenge for the Hebrew. I want to be the Hebrew hammer, and then like the flames go up. <laughs> I'm oh enjoying this God. also. It's kind of like that scene out of uh, Black Panther where uh, you know like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, challenge. Yeah. It's right, and then somebody gets thrown off a cliff. It's great, like yeah, forced man. retirement. Like the retirement matches, that would be even better. Like Brian Braun's retiring. Oh my god! <laughs> He's been out hammered. <laughs> this needs to happen now. Yeah, we got to go through the minor leagues through AAA and find out where all the where all the Jews are and and see if which one we can get behind to, to challenge for the Hebrew Hammer Championship. <laughs> the t- <laughs> I think we have a show title, Hebrew Hammer Championship. Do you think that'll do well? Well, all right. <laughs> for the for the people who are sleeping in and not listening to this on Memorial Day, you're missing out. <laughs> this is gold, Jerry. <laughs> hey, last last bit on baseball here. Um, the I think it's the president of the Pittsburgh Pirates is calling for a rule change um, around concussion protocol in baseball. 
so right now, I guess if you if you experience a injury on the field that would require you to go into uh, concussion protocol, uh, you're out of the game. Right, because you have to have a replacement come in and and take your position. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you take a, a bean ball off the noggin, like you're just you're on the bench. Yeah, even if you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, but no, you have to go to concussion protocol because the league dictates it. Uh, you're out of the game. So this this proposed rule change would be if you pass concussion protocol, you would be able to come back into the game, which causes all kinds of like. Whoa, that's insane confusion yeah no you can't like double sub like this is not this is not like 11 year old yeah but otherwise could you, play, could you have a power play maybe you would have to do it like this you'd have to play the field of man down all right like Stop. no right fielder <laughs> gene has gone to the wwe school of promotions for the show we should have put that out there listen i think it's worth discussing because you normally would continue to play yeah so when Gene Segura, I don't know, did he go to concussion pro? He did, right? When he took that ball off the brim of his helmet. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I think Scotty Jetpacks had to come in and, and play uh, play short for him. Right, but you know, under this new rule change, he would have been able to come back in because he was fine. So would it be like would it be able to like just substitute back in like in the middle of the inning? Would it be between innings? So here's the question: Would the would this the player that got substituted in be eligible to come back in later? Well, see, this opens up a Pandora's box of, like, what if you want to do this with pitchers now? Like, you would just take the pitcher out, like, in the fifth inning, and then, like, oh, no, like, that's that part of the lineup's back again. We're going to we're gonna put him back in in the eighth. And now we need even more boxes <laughs> on the scorecard. Right, for, like, <laughs> re- replacement pitchers. Yeah, I feel like, you know, once you open up that, that door, like, of, like, letting people come back into a game— it it just it causes way too much havoc. Like that was one of the things about baseball that's that's just something that should be unchanged. Is once you come out of the game, you're done because that that's why the rosters are built the way they're built. That you only have so many players. You know, think about extra inning games. Wouldn't it be great if you could bring players back in that you've substituted out. Uh, you know, for pinch hitting purposes, like the guy had one at bat, he's certainly able to come back into a game. But you know, that's I don't not think you're able works. to manipulate it that way to your to your advantage i mean if your player gets hurt or has a event that would deem it necessary to check him for a concussion are you saying that gabe kapler would be above smashing some sort of like large cooler over their heads players to send them into concussion protocol all right no but my thing i agree (laughs) um that once you're out of the game you stay out of the game Baseball is a long season, and on the other end, you know these. What about playoffs? Yeah, see, I almost would all it make takes it. is uh, you know uh, Mookie Betts or whatever to get taken out of a game because of a concussion. He, he's not really hurt, and the Red Sox lose it, and the Northeast biased sports <laughs> writers all freak out. Well, two things: one, concussions. Yes, they do the concussion protocol, but they often show symptoms later. You know, how many football players have gone back into games when they really shouldn't have? Same with hockey. And then I hate when people get upset about slippery slope arguments of like, okay, we let player back in for this. What will happen next? And people are like, oh, that's that's a slippery slope argument. But the slope is damn slippery. 
because once you open that door, once you make that first exception, people are going to try to to use an argument to allow after okay after 14 innings you can bring players back or something you know it'll happen this is almost as dumb as the argument that for the 10th inning you start with a player on second base that's the worst argument for for anything ever it's like yeah we're gonna play baseball and then when we get to extra innings we're gonna start playing a different game we do that every sport though and it's not good for any sport baseball is the last one that it's pure purely just continues the game exactly and that's what i want that's why i want it to it's hard and it's bad enough that we have a whole half a league that 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 doesn't let one of the players bat like it's bad enough that we've we've done that we you know please don't screw up the national league because that's what will happen is like the american league will be like we'll put people on third base we'll put people on second base. We'll, we, we'll do whatever we want we just want people to butts and seats you know and the national league will have to hold the line like they always do okay well, I'm glad we figured all that out. <laughs> uh, thank you for the time check. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's some stuff I want to get into here. Let's talk about the Sixers for a second. Uh, let's go right to Joel Embiid is named to the second team all NBA uh, in favor of the Joker. Uh, is This is a snub, right? Yeah, Joel Embiid is... is- He's constantly going to face this, I think, in his career. Uh, he is very popular uh, to the port, port, like to the point of like cult leader in Philadelphia, and the rest of the NBA and America hates him. So, oh, see, I thought this was a playing, t- like a strictly a playing time uh, discussion. Oh, I think it's that people don't like him. I think that outside of Philadelphia, he is widely despised in the league. And I'm, I was inclined to agree with Dave. I thought he was just penalized for his injuries. You know, with the amount of time that he missed, they, you know, said, okay, you're you're good enough to be first team, but you only get second because you've missed so much time. Well, where did Kawhi go? Because Kawhi missed a ton of time too. Uh, all NBA first team was Anacupo, Harden, Curry, George, and uh, uh, Jokic. And then the second team was Embiid, Durant, Lillard, Leonard, and Irvin. So yes, snub. I agree, snub. <laughs> um, due to lack of playing time, and probably, uh, I I don't know. I think the league likes him. You know, other teams, other fan bases might not like him. He got forty first team votes and fifty six second team votes. So, yeah, I, I think it's a playing time thing. And so next and year, I'm fine with it. He needs to not worry about this shit. I don't yeah. know. He, I haven't actually seen a response from him. Uh, about this but if it bothers him it really i really need for it to not yeah i haven't seen any sort of response um i think it can bother him in so much that he seems like a guy who likes to to take offense or faux offense to to go i'm gonna show so and so kind of thing so i think i think if he takes offense at being on the second team that's fine. What you know, Brett Brown and uh, Brand shouldn't do is let it affect his playing time. If he goes, I want to make first team All NBA. I'm like, hey, we'll make it up to you. You know, we'll we'll compensate you for whatever incentives. Just sit. You know. Yeah. Um. 
the 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 Raptors uh, are now going to represent the East in the NBA Finals. Now, which camp are you guys in? Are you guys in the okay? Uh, we lost to a team. Now I want them to win the championship because then at least we lost to the team that won the championship. Or are you like me, uh, who says if a team beats me, I want them to suffer, uh, like I have suffered. And I need them to lose immediately in the most embarrassing way possible. If I feel like we were competitive with them, if I can justify to myself that the Sixers and the Raptors was the championship game, they were the two elite teams left, then, yeah, I want to see the Raptors win it all. If that's not the case, then... Yeah, I want them to lose. And this season, I definitely want the Raptors to lose because if they win, that says to me, this this was wide open. This could have been the Sixers championship. And I don't know how many you know shots we're going to get. So I'm going hardcore rooting against the Raptors this season. Uh, I think I agree with you too, Chuck. But I, I think where I'm coming from is that I'm so sick of Kawhi. Uh, I'm so sick of hearing that he's probably the best player on the planet. Uh, and maybe that's true. I'm not it's not that I'm upset with, uh, you know, the the fact or the logic part of it. I'm just emotionally tired of watching someone with zero charisma uh, light people up and seem completely blase about it. Uh, when I used to watch Michael Jordan do that to people, you could feel the charisma coming off the guy. When when I used to watch when when I watched LeBron James do it to people or Steph Curry, Steph Curry does it, and you want to be his friend. You know, he'll <laughs> he'll, he'll score thirty five on you, and you want to go have drinks with the guy because he's so damn nice. Um, LeBron is just he's 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 a movie star. He's he's everything. You know, he belongs in L.A. because he's he's kind of like this reincarnation of 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 the Hollywood Lakers. Um, but Kawhi is none of those things. Kawhi is a guy that acts like he doesn't care, uh, and and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just something. This is just something he's good at. This is just his job, and uh, you know I'm supposed to just appreciate it. He's going to be playing somewhere else next year. He doesn't even care about the Raptors. Uh, so that all of that makes me. Uh, nauseous so i much rather my my very good friend steph curry uh smash them into little pieces uh because this could be the last hurrah for them because kd's going someplace else too man you guys are you guys are brutal man like how could you like you're mad at Kawhi because he doesn't show like you're mad at i hate the fans like i hate like drake and raptors fans and jurassic park and the the fact that they're named the raptors and <laughs> they they took this gamble on a trade for Kawhi and it's paying off like all that shit pisses me i mean Kawhi, like i can't be mad at him what's he doing he's just you know but he does, playing basketball but, well but he doesn't care he doesn't like, he does know. care he's just not a like shove it in your face kind of guy don't you? Which don't makes you, him perfect for the Toronto market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Milwaukee, for that matter. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just to me, it's just like I felt this pain and you're happy because I'm feeling this pain. So I want you to feel pain now. And it just didn't work out that way. Well, but, there's still time for it to work out. But I mean, I guess this is, would be more painful, right? Like get all the way to the finals and then lose that shit. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess I see your point, but Chuck, I mean, like, I want, 
I wanted us to be a miracle shot away from winning. I mean, don't you think that's more enticing to say, hey, come come play for this team, come back for this team. We have hope next season. Uh, you know, fans like don't don't lose hope. Look how close we were to you know being in that position. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, yes, but I'm saying that I don't know if the stars are gonna align next year. You know, we worried about uh, we worry about Joel's health. You know, we don't know if Butler's well, they didn't align back. this year. Yeah, but I'm saying if that shot doesn't go in and we win in overtime, maybe it's our path to the final. Maybe it's our chance to to win the title this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's annoyingly discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm rooting against the Raptors. I wanted to see them get smoked by Golden State. And, and say, oh, we could have never been in this exactly. anyway. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. I, I all right. I see your point now. Thank you for clarifying that for me. You're welcome. Um <laughs> all right. So do we have do we have a prediction for the finals? I think I feel a sense of where we're all leaning because uh what Golden State in three? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> We've been I, here before. I, I think Golden State in uh six. I think the Raptors will give them a surprisingly tough time, um, but still, they they went in six. Probably could win five. Uh, I think it's Golden State in five. The Raptors win zero games. Kawhi win wins one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I felt I was leaning five. Yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's Golden State in six. I'll agree with you, Chuck. Golden State in six. Um, so we're all, we're all aligned on that. No, yeah. no shockers. Chuck, what's, what's the, uh, what's the NHL finals again? Blues, blue, blues, Bruins, blues, Bruins starts on Memorial day. Uh, the Bruins will have had 11 days off. Listen, if one of you motherfuckers wants the Bruins to win this series, I'm ending this podcast. This is the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> I if anybody wanna... picks the Bruins on this show, it's over. I'm done. Wait, to win show. or because we want them to win? I don't either one. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what's everyone's pick? Uh, Blues and three. <laughs> What'd you say, Gene? I said Blues and three. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Bruins and seven. Oh, Chuck, are you serious, dude? Yes. I, I'm I'm expecting this to be a great series, um, but I think the the Bruins are just better. You know, you can play Gloria all you want, but I think the the Bruins are just better. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues win, but I, I'm just really hoping for a great series. What's the storyline to watch for this series, Chuck? Um, well, you should never fired Baruby. No, that's not the storyline to watch. The sto- that's the storyline on WIP, just saying. Oh, I'm sure it is, and that we should never have traded Braden Stra- Shen straight up for Yuri Laterra. Well, we're finally they're finally playing him in the right position. If only we did that. We kept trying to make him play wing. <laughs> we went over, and they made him play wing, too. <laughs> and also, our two top prospects came from that trade, and we weren't ready to compete. And... Ruby got a rough deal in Philly. He really did, but he was never going to maintain the job. You know, the team wasn't ready to compete. How many years would he have stuck around? So, no, 
we shouldn't be lamenting the loss of Craig Berube. Uh, I like the guy. I like him as a player. I seems like a good human being. But no, there, there's no Flyers pity party about this. No, not with Pat Maroon either. You know, he never even played for the Flyers. No, they, the storyline to watch is Jordan Bennington, uh, the rookie goaltender uh, with the Blues. Um, the story to watch is can the Blues finally win a cup? Um, you have the Bruins team. You know, this is probably, I don't know, maybe Char comes back next year, but Char's last chance to win a cup, really. Now, is, wait, isn't the storyline fucked? Austin and they don't need they don't need or deserve three championships in one calendar year. Well, that's a a good storyline as well. I I was just going. On I mean, the that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is. Can the Blues stop another Boston championship? I honestly want to go into every Dunkin' Donuts and just smash every Boston cream donut all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> Or just smash everything about Duncan. It's it's a Boston company. I yeah, that's why it's that's why I chose that one. <laughs> but you can get your Boston creams at you know your Boston cream at Krispy Kreme, and like you'll be safe. That's fine, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Dave, <laughs> did we get your pick? Uh, Blues and six. Okay. Who's got home ice? Who's got home ice? The Bruins. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> they, give, they give the home ice to the team who is like the second best team in the East, as opposed to the West Coast team that barely made it in. Whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, who, anybody think Donovan McNabb is a Hall of Famer? It, in a down year, maybe like in one of those, like we really got nobody to go in this year. There's no first ballot Hall of Famers. Eh, let's look at Donovan's numbers. Sure. So you're you know like a mean? maybe. Yeah, I'm a maybe. I wouldn't be. I, I don't think he's a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. But he he had a a good career, put up good numbers. You know, was a very good quarterback. In my heart, is he a Hall of Famer? No, but I, I wouldn't think it. I I wouldn't think it's undeserved if he got in. Is it possible that Donovan McNabb is the only greatest quarterback in a franchise that the its own fan base does not root for him to go to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> did, did did the fans in Houston root against Warren Moon? You know, I, I can't even think of any other examples where, you know, the greatest quarterback in a franchise's history, you're like, ah, oh, God, why won't he shut up and go away? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Donovan, we believe that absence makes the heart grow fonder, and you're not giving us any opportunity to check this hypothesis. If you haven't heard yet, Donovan McNabb thinks he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and his point of reference is to look at his career stats versus Troy Aikman. I feel like Troy Aikman had one accomplishment and I think he got it a couple times where Donovan never did. <laughs> but I can't quite put my finger on it. You can like slip it over your finger though. Yes. Yes. That sounds about right, Gene. <laughs> well, so all right. I'm looking at both of their career stats 
uh, right now. And they both played um, around 165 games. Okay. And I Donovan kind of has a point here. Um, completion percentage is about the same. Uh, Aikman's was slightly higher. Uh, yards, uh, McNabb, 37,000. Uh, Aikman, only 32,000. Uh, touchdowns, Aikman, 165. McNabb, 234. Um, and McNabb threw fewer touch, uh, through, uh, through fewer interceptions. So I don't know. McNabb kind of has a point. So just by the numbers, you feel like Donovan McNabb, at least if you're comparing him to Troy Aikman, uh, maybe, but is the question that is Troy Aikman not a hall of famer? I think that's, that may be more of the discussion. I mean, McNabb did more with less. For sure, because I mean, how many of those games were played without a true, a true number one wide receiver? And uh, I mean, po- possible. I mean, Aikman also had the greatest running back potentially of all time. So yeah, that I, that was going to be the point I brought up when you can hand it off to Emmett Smith. Like that shouldn't be a detraction, you know. Like you know, we had a great quarterback. We need to throw more. No, just because they didn't have Andy Reid as a coach, <laughs> you know, that, that shouldn't hurt Troy Aikman. But, you know, and Andy and Donovan suited each other. They, you know, Andy got the quarterback he needed to run the offense he wanted to, and nobody did better than Donovan. And, you know, I don't think Donovan puts up the same numbers in a, with a different coach and a different system. But, you know, when he point that out, yeah, maybe he should be a Hall of Famer in an off year when nobody else is going in, when they need to have somebody for the ceremony, like the Phillies' Wall of Fame, Donovan Mc- McNabb should go in the Hall of Fame. I, I just think if you win three Super Bowls as a quarterback, uh, you're probably going into the uh, the Hall of Fame. Right. I feel like that, you know, with all of the other numbers in a vacuum, if you have quarterbacked your team to three championships, that carries some weight. Like, there is something to be said for for that statistic, just as much as touchdowns and just as much as rushing yards. Um, you know, what would have happened to John Elway had he not had those Super Bowls at the end of his career? Um, you know, the only guy I can think of that maybe was a – a lock Hall of Famer, despite not winning any championships, was Dan Marino. Probably, I mean, that guy had every when he retired had every, you know, passing record I think known to man. So that was, you know, he had by any measure was was a Hall of Famer. But you know, there are some other guys I think that are probably on that line that, you know, they they won championships that puts them over the top. Kurt Warner is a guy that's a Hall of Famer. Um, I, I don't know that that. You know, he didn't play for very long. Statistically, you know, he had some really good years. But if you look at the numbers as a to- as a whole, he probably doesn't have the same kind of totals as like John Elway and Fran Tarkington, you know, those kind of guys. So championships matter. That- that's the who, whole reason you play. Who would you say is the best quarterback that's not in the Hall of Fame? Best quarterback that's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't even know. Um... Because for me, I think it's someone like Warren Moon. I'm going to say uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> you know, you're an asshole. <laughs> <All right. laughs> None of us said Tom Brady. 
Okay, the best quarterback eligible for, for the Hall of Fame that is not in the Hall of Fame. I I thought I honestly thought Warren Moon was. Is is he in the Hall of Fame? Because uh, then I'll be like an idiot if uh, I feel like an idiot if he's in the Hall of Fame. I I picture him in a yellow jacket. Okay, he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2006. All right. Yeah, I mean, Jim so Kelly's in the Hall of Fame, and that guy never struck me necessarily as a Hall of Fame guy. Um, that, that's a, that's a, you know. Who was that, Gene? Jim Kelly, I didn't feel like. There was never a point where I felt like Jim Kelly was the best quarterback in the NFL. No, but he's in, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is it, it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to say. You know, maybe a guy like Bernie Kosar. I mean, that guy had a long career. Um, he went to a couple of AFC championship games. Um most quarterbacks that you think of as great quarterbacks are in. Boomer? I I have Boomer's size and stats up right now. He is not in. He is not no, in. No, he's not, and I don't think he deserves to be. I mean, I, there I, was probably a stretch where he was a top four or five. Is Phil Simms in? I would imagine Phil Simms is in. Um, if, if, if he's not, Randall's a good name to throw Randall's out. a great argument. I think Randall comes up a lot. There were definitely years where you could make the case that Randall was the best quarterback in the but, NFL. I mean, you got to – I would put – I would put McNabb in before Randall. I think I would too because I, I still think that McNabb well, is the best quarterback for the Eagles ever. Well, damn. So maybe Donovan McNabb is the best quarterback that's not in the Hall of Fame. Wow, Dave, you may have converted me. I mean, name someone else. Who is who would be next? He's line? better than Phil Sims. He's better than Boomer Esiason, and both of those guys were names that we threw out there. And I think Donovan's better than those guys. Uh, there were definitely years where you could make the case that Donovan McNabb was the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think he was the best quarterback uh, the year that they played the Patriots in the in the Super Bowl. I think that he was a better quarterback that year than than Tom Brady. All right, I, I'm in. I think Donovan should be in the Hall of Fame. Number five. Get that gold jacket. I can't stand you, but you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can, I'm now. I'm trying to find. A, I'm hard pressed want, to find a reason to say like if Donovan's going into the Hall of Fame, this is what I want to happen. Because you you've heard that 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 um, was it. John Madden that said this, or or Brian Dawkins that said this, and those two guys basically when they talk, it's basically the same person talking, right? Um, uh, <laughs> I think it was actually Brian Dawkins who talked about like the idea of that the bus talk to each other after the lights go out. You know that the bus have conversations about the, how great it was to be the greatest players in the NFL. Hmm. So if that's true, like we'll go off that <laughs> hypothesis that the bus talk to each other. If Donovan like goes, Toy Story in, Five or something. Yes, out. Yeah, but if if that's true, if the bus have conversations, then for eternity, I want Donovan right next to To. <laughs> I want them to be enshrined forever together. And I want every time that Donovan's family has to go and goes to see the bust, they got to walk past T.O. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I just think we need to forgive him for not winning a Super Bowl here. He's forgiven. Okay. Now that we have one, now that, you know, when Nick Foles goes in. Um... Nick Foles is already in. He's got lots of stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Foles is the best quarterback not in the Hall of Fame. All right, let's go to Chuck's penalty box. 
Thank you, Dave. I I always think it's like the most ludicrous statement of the show leads directly into the Hall of Fame. It's the moment Dave can't take it anymore and just wants to go to bed. <laughs> um, we're going to start with you, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box? Aaron Rodgers is going into my penalty box. Oh, go on. All right. So game five uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, home game, uh, Aaron Rodgers gets called out by one of his offensive linemen to a beer chugging contest. Uh, and then they switch over. The the O-lineman just downs his, no problem. Switch over to Aaron Rodgers. He's got a little uh, little pinky up action. Uh, sipping, on the, sipping on the beer, maybe gets halfway through and gives it the, uh, the cut sign, like can't do it. Bails out. You want your QB1 not able to chug a beer? Come on, we kick that over to Wentz. He's down in that sucker, no problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Come on. Come on, Rogers. The space aliens, the Game <laughs> of Thrones stuff. <laughs> Can't drink a beer. <laughs> Going in my penalty box, dude. All right. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, for inability to chug a beer at a basketball game, costing your hometown team a trip to the NBA Finals. You're going in the penalty box. Two minutes for inability to chug a beer. So I don't know if you saw this, but Lane Johnson then uh, called out Wentz. Said, next Sixers game we're at. We're doing that. I did not see that. Did did yeah. Wentz respond? I didn't see that. Uh, well, I, but I didn't look for it either, so who knows? <laughs> All right. Wayne, uh, Lane Johnson feels like he's the guy in the locker room that's constantly like making people do stunts that they don't want to be involved in. I love Lane Johnson. <laughs> you Speaking of stunts we don't want to be involved in, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? In my penalty box, Snapchat filters. Ooh. I don't know if you guys are on Snapchat. I'm not. Uh, I don't think that the show is, and that's probably for a good reason, because you wouldn't want to see us babyfied. Um, that's not the reason. We don't know how to use it. That's not the real reason. <laughs> um, there is nothing that's become more irritating to me on Twitter than having to see Stephen A. Smith babyfied. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is pretty annoying to begin with, but to listen to him giving his hot takes as a uh, toddler is about the most annoying things you can possibly imagine. Uh, so... In my penalty box, whatever goofus decided it would be a good idea to have a uh, a prepubescent Stephen A. Smith and put it up on Twitter for everyone to like, uh, you can spend some time thinking about what you've done to us. All right, Snapchat baby filters. You're getting a timeout. You weren't using your listening ears. No one asked for you to exist. Snapchat baby filters, two-minute timeout. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? Thank you, Dave. And before we go to my penalty box, uh, Gene, if you ever want proof why the show is not on uh, Snapchat, find the photo of Dave and I on Facebook sticking our tongues out as we were trying to get like the dog thing to work on Snapchat. Um, it was embarrassing for everyone involved. Speaking of embarrassing, imagine being an entire nation rooting for one basketball team. Or an entire nation rooting for one baseball team. And being all over my Twitter feed. Canada, you're going in the penalty box. You have more than one city. You need more than one basketball team. My entire Twitter feed is now is now Raptors. And it's driving me nuts. And 
like it happened before with the Blue Jays. It'll happen again when some team other than the Maple Leafs do well. Canada, you need to diversify your teams, and you're going in the box. A uh, double minor for having cities that are way too small. Chuck, didn't they lose the uh, world championships too? Like, it's fin- Finland uh, won the world championships, didn't they? Uh, they did. Th- we didn't talk about uh, the hockey world championships. Nobody talks about the hockey world championships. Maybe the Canadians do. I don't know. Uh, only if they win. Oh. Go For, Finland. Right. Well, you can look forward to uh, the Toronto FC MLS team. Exactly. One day. And remember, Chuck, they, they did have another basketball team in Canada. It didn't work out. So they're in Memphis now. True. And they had a baseball team. They're in Washington now. Yes. Uh, okay. That's it. That's the end of the show. Show's over. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, if you uh, if you would be so kind, please, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Uh, that would really help us out. Also on social media, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you have some additional time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around, uh, and you can get acquainted with uh, with Doctor Phil and all his sciency explana- uh, explanations of things that we request of him to explain. Right? <laughs> yes. Phil <laughs> apparently takes requests. He doesn't know that he does, but find Doctor Phil Laporta and just ask him to explain things to you. Yeah, it's nice to, love it's, it. It's nice to know a physicist sometimes. Nice, nice. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, we'll be back with you next Monday, where uh, we're gonna recap the uh, the Phillies week. We're gonna probably see some uh, finals action in the NHL and uh, and NBA and any other uh, NFL news that comes down the pike. So have a great day at work, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>